I have to define that for myself, and I can't let them define it for me because success. Yeah, I have to define it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that if you're letting other people define success for you, then you probably are never going to reach that. Welcome to You Are a Storyteller with Brian McDonald and Jesse Bryan. This program is produced in Seattle, Washington by Belief Agency. On this week's episode, we talk about how to measure and define success. So Mark Ramsey, one of the friends of our show, is a great storyteller, asked us a question, right? And his question is, is a really simple question, but I think it's actually really difficult to answer. And it's just this. It's um, what is success, right? And he went on to ask, when you do what you do, maybe it doesn't get as many eyes and ears as you like. Maybe the hits in your category aren't as good as your stuff, but they benefit from advantages you don't have. Um, it's nothing to do with the work. For example, maybe they have better distribution or big money or franchise power. How do you grapple with the noise in the marketplace and the odds that your stuff may be lost? You guys talk about guys like Wilder, but most of us will never see that level of success artistically or commercially. How can the work be its own source of inspiration? And it's funny because when he sent this question, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but I've been thinking about it a lot. It's not an easy. No, it's this is something you got to struggle with a lot. It is. So, first reactions to Mark's question. Um. Uh. Well, it's funny because in his question, so he says, um, he says a couple of things. He wants to know how you define success and how we won't be successful in the way that Billy Wilder is or mm -hmm. whatever, which is actually. A definition of success I want to be what Billy Wilder is but you don't have to want that right you don't so so that's not everybody wants to be Billy Wilder yeah I do yeah I was gonna but, say, I but, but, but probably a person out there or they don't know about Billy Wilder or they yeah. don't know about him or yeah. but they or they don't want to I mean there are a lot of people who don't want um, they want the right eyeballs on their stuff but they don't want to make big movies or, yeah or whatever or write books that everybody reads, or you know. Um, in fact, a lot of people think that's um, uh, selling out, right? So success for them would be to find exactly their right audience. It, it could be a small audience, right? So, so even in the asking of the question, we can guess his idea of success would be the kind of consistency and the kind of uh, career that Billy Wilder had. But mm -hmm. I don't think that's everybody's. And the funny thing is, Mark's had is a very successful guy. He is a and very so that's what's always hard too. Is whatever you thought getting into it might be success, it always is moving. For, right. right, it's a horizon yeah. that you can't reach. Right, it keeps moving. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe people reach it, but I think very few people reach it. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if Billy Wilder ever reached what he thought. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. The end of his career was not as stellar as mm -hmm. the beginning and the middle of his career. So I wonder if um, I wonder if he felt like, boy, if I just had one more, you know, yeah, apartment or one more yeah. sense of boulevard or something. But this is a super important question in that, like, you have to figure out a way to define success right. for yourself. Because if you don't define it, it becomes like a ghost. Mm -hmm. It becomes a feeling where you're always going like, well, I don't know, everybody seems successful and I'm not. Right. Well, what does success mean? Well, I mean, I don't know, but I, I think it means people know about me. Or I think it means the amount of money I have. Or I think it means 
until you can actually solidify and go like, no, no, this is what success means. You don't actually have a baseline um, to gauge yourself from. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I, well, you know, the person I, I think actually felt successful was August Wilson. Of all the people I know, I think he felt successful. I can see why. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Well, for people who don't, so set up who he is just in case. August Wilson was a, um, uh, a playwright, a uh, pretty uh, important playwright, and uh, a friend of mine. And he, uh, you know what? I think he. Talk about his awards. you got to give it. Like, that's I, a think big... he, I think he had two Pulitzers okay. and he had a bunch yeah. of drama awards. He won everything. Yeah. Um, so he was a big deal. Yeah. Um, but he, he has a theater named after him in New York. Sure. And, and, um, and he was very excited about that and happy about that because that was happening as he was dying. They were, mm-hmm. they told him, so he knew it was happening. A guy flew out from New York and got his signature, a bunch of signatures so they could make the sign. Off oh, him. that's cool. He was very excited about that. So he got to know that was happening when he was dying. But he was also writing a play when he was dying. He was finishing because he was doing a cycle. He had 10 plays in this cycle. So he was doing, um, for every decade of the 20th century, he was doing the story of a of black people in every decade. And so he had the last play to write. He was writing it as he, he was dying. But did he finish it? Yeah, he did. Of course he did. Radio golf is that play. Man. But uh yeah, he finished it. He finished it. <laughs> he was dying, but he finished it. But I think he uh so that was probably in his mind, like I did the thing I set out to do. You know, if he had done nine, I don't know if he would have felt you know what I mean? But uh-huh. he finished that. Um it's almost like he finished what he came here to do in a way. But he set a goal. He I'm set a goal. these 10 plays. Yeah. And he did them. Did 10 of these plays. Were, were any of his goals make this much money, have this many people like me? I don't – I never talked to him about that. Yeah. But I will say this. I know he was happy that he didn't have to think about money. He had plenty of money. Mm-hmm. He would say he didn't know how much he had. Because he was not, money it was not his, yeah, yeah. You, right? As long as he didn't have to think about it. Yeah. That was rich to him. That's all, sure. you know, he didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, um, uh, that to me, you know, he grew up with no money. So I think for him, yeah, not having to worry about money and getting to do what you want to do. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. But, I mean, I saw people recognize him. I was with him when people recognized him. And it was fine. But it didn't seem like that's why he was doing what he did. You know, he had no ego about that. Hmm. Not that I saw. Somebody else might say something else, but I, I never saw anything like that. Let me ask you this. Hmm. So let's make this as personable as possible, mm-hmm. or personal as possible. So for you, you're a very successful guy, and I think anybody who follows your stuff would say, well, yeah, Brian's been extremely successful. Do you feel successful? Um, I'm starting to. I'm starting to. Um because I had a picture of success. What's that? The picture I had? Yeah. The picture I had of success had to do with um had to do with some of it certainly was security, some like making getting to that August place where yeah, I'm sure. not worried about yeah. money. Um where I'm not sweating small stuff. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, owning a house, I'd be, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is, um, to, to be able to reach an audience with my work 
and to have um, the um, the admiration of the of my fellow crafts people. Um, and I always thought I would be making big movies. I thought, you know, some people don't want to do that, and that's fine. They want to make independent small mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, I think I was like somebody who wanted to be in the Olympics. Like, I just train and train and train, and then I can be in the Olympics, right? So yeah. I thought, so if somebody trains to be in the Olympics as a as a skier, but they don't make the Olympics, maybe they're a championship skier, but they'll always feel like, well, I never got to the Olympics. Yeah. Right? So I felt a little like that. Like, well, I didn't get the thing I thought I was going to get. All my life I thought I would be that person. I didn't understand the resistance in the industry to people like me doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the truth of it. So there's very few people. I mean, I, I, I probably mentioned it on the show, but I, 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 I stopped doing this. But I used to torture myself. Every time a movie was announced or a TV show, I would look up that writer and I would look up that director and see what they look like. And they almost never look like me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but it was kind of good. It wasn't, it was kind of good for me to see that because I could say, well, it do, it's not me. And that was good. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so because I wasn't doing things, I wasn't writing the new Indiana Jones movie and I wasn't writing Star Wars or whatever, um, that felt like I wasn't successful. I sort of, other people would tell me I was successful. Um, and then, and the having any kind of um, financial security lagged behind the recognition I was getting. Mm. So I didn't, that felt out of whack to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, shouldn't I have, yeah, people are always saying, man, this is great. And you're like, well, yeah, but I got, you know, I still have to pay my got, rent. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and so that was a weird yeah. thing. So that didn't feel like success. I didn't, I, I didn't do this to get noticed in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was not the kind of person who wanted to make movies so that everybody knew my name. I was the kind of person who wanted to make movies to make a living, to um, speak to an audience. Um, and because I loved it, I loved movies, but I didn't do it so that people would go, hey, aren't you? That doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. Um, but some people see that and they go, wow, you're successful. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I guess if that's what you want. Yeah. It's not necessarily what I want. In fact, um, as we do a show and put it all over the <laughs> Internet. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, in some ways, I would like to be more anonymous. Because... Um, um, I don't know. It's it's sometimes it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, kind of, I've been with you at things. Yeah, people come up and talk to you, and it's like, is that fun or is that weird? It's more weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice when people like your work. Yeah. So it's this. It's a. Uh, it's both things. Yeah. All all at once, all rolled in together. Yeah. Um, and some people are are really good with it. I've been lucky. I've had good models. I've seen people who have certainly more notoriety and fame than I do, and I've seen the way they respond to their fan base, and that's been really helpful because I've had a lot of good models. Mm -hmm. When we think about, like, what Mark's talking about, Mm -hmm. 
I think that is the, one of the most relatable things you could ever ask from an artist's perspective. Sure. From a person perspective. Yeah. How do you know you're you're good, or how do you know like what what is the can what is the measuring stick that says I've arrived or I, I'm good or I'm whatever? Because it's always really frustrating too when you see other folks out there that haven't put in as much work. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think you're, you're alluding to that when you're talking about looking up somebody's name. Haven't yeah. had to maybe put in as much work. Mm-hmm. Had it you know the product wasn't nearly as as good as maybe what you would have hoped it to be and they just keep working and working and working, working yeah working, right um or it's oh that was this guy's cousin and you're right. like oh yeah. well yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's cool i can see why he deserves that show after deciding to be i remember <laughs> yeah. when we met with a guy you and i were talking to there was a guy we're not going to talk about who he was where he was pretty much like yeah i was doing this other job and decided one day i wanted to be a screenwriter and i sold my first script with <laughs> yeah. it and we were like <laughs> yeah yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think it's that hard. And it's like, maybe, maybe that's how it works. Like, you know what I mean? And we're yeah. sitting there on the couch. I was yeah. like, okay, man, that's cool. I'm glad that worked out. But yeah. normally people actually have to care about this stuff and work for, you know, their whole lives. Yeah. Right? Um, and that stuff can be frustrating. It can and, Right? Be. So I imagine Mark's out there busting his, busting his hump and doing good mm-hmm. work. And, you know, and, and we see it all the time. Um, these very talented people that never actually, I think – Achieve what, on the outside, would be considered a successful career. Right. Right? And they wanted it more, and they worked their butt off, mm-hmm. and they did all the stuff, and it just didn't. In my experience, um, um, Salieri gets recognized more than Mozart does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Believe it. Yeah. And if you don't know what... Will you tee that up just in case people don't know what that it means? Um, uh, well, you have to just watch Amadeus. Yeah, you just yeah, got to watch you, it, you watch and then Amadeus. you'll understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I think. I see that all the time. Because I think uh, the gatekeepers, if something is too dialed, too... There's something, if there's a, what am I trying to say? If something is special in some way, mm-hmm. or a person is special in some way, something about them is different. And sometimes the gatekeepers see that difference and say, that must not be right because it's different. Mm. It's not the same as everything else. Well, I was just talking to you about uh, Michael Keaton in the movie um, Night Shift. Yep. Right. He's hilarious in that movie. Yeah. He wasn't a star or anything. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to fire him. The studio wanted to fire him because... Which is crazy because he stands out like nobody's business in that movie. Yeah, but I think... And there's lots of stories like that where the studio wants to fire the person that ultimately ultimately becomes a star, Al Pacino mm-hmm. and The Godfather, right? right? Um, because there's something special about the work and they don't recognize it as special. They only recognize it as different. <clears throat> and so I think that when somebody's really good at what they do, there's something special and different and often that's what keeps them out. As far as the gatekeepers are concerned. Mm-hmm. Usually the audience knows. The audience knows Al Pacino's Al Pacino. Yeah. And they knew Michael Keaton was a star. Oh yeah. As soon as he walks in the room the first time he's like in the hallway like, you know, humming songs and you're like, Oh here it comes. <laughs> yeah. And he brings it. He, he brings does. up the whole movie. He does. He does. You know, and I really, so I think that there's the basic stuff of 
let's say, assuming you've done the work, right? Because there's also the, the whole, you know, well, I haven't been successful yet. And it's like, yeah, but you're not, you shouldn't be. Right. There's right? that. There's that. There's but let's, that. Say, let's say, let's put that over here. Mm-hmm. And let's put, you know, gatekeepers over here. Mm-hmm. Because, and focus on like, what are you in control of? You're really in control of, you know, doing the work and all that, but your attitude. Right. right? And that's why I think having a definition of success makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I uh, was at this thing you were speaking at, and Ryan Booth is a great great filmmaker and a really really nice guy um was talking about his definition of success as a filmmaker and it was something along the lines of being able to work with the people you want to work with yeah and what i loved about that was it was a it was simple and mm-hmm. hopefully i'm not butchering it but i recall it was something like that mm-hmm. and what i loved about that is he's like and you know the cool thing when i go to work on the projects i'm on i work with people i really want to work with mm-hmm. and as hopefully my career progresses i'll get to work with even more people i want to work with yeah but Getting to work with people you want to work with, if that's the definition of success, I, I personally love that kind of thing because you're like, cool, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And if it gets better, great. And if it doesn't, at least you can go, hey, you know, I, yeah. I was able to do that. Where I'm coming from is the relational side. Because mm-hmm. when I think about filmmaking, right, when I think about all the projects I've gotten to work on, I don't even remember the film or the commercial, whatever, right. half the time. I remember the people. Right. Right. And so trying, I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate it, but it has something to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Because when I, even when I study like my favorite filmmakers and you find out, though, oh, these guys were friends. And you go like, right. oh man, what would it have been like to hang out with those guys? Yeah. They were, they were friends and mm-hmm. they knew each other. And that's more of the stuff that I go, that's what I want. Yeah. Sitting around with really talented people, learning from each other, mm-hmm. chopping it up. When you're on set and you think about, oh, my God, that Kaffer was so fun to work. He's so funny. Or, or mm-hmm. man, that DP, she was amazing. It, yeah. You think about all the conversations that are happening when the cameras aren't rolling. And that's the stuff when I look back on the things I've I've gotten yeah. to work on. Um, our relationship. Like, think about, like, mm-hmm. all the friendships. Yeah. That's the stuff that's worth more than anything. That's true. Right? Uh, and I think that there's something around that. I'm find a, trying to find a way to – I haven't figured out how to crystallize that. My buddy Alex um, – always says this thing where he says, all my all my wealth is in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is it's so easy for him to say that. Right. Because it's like, well, yeah, where else? Right. What else is going to last? Mm-hmm. Right? It's the classic, you know, if it's about having a gold toilet or whatever, or, have, or, or having a statue, you know, in the background of, you know, all your little statues and trophies oh, right. or whatever – well, the hard part with that is they'll end up letting you down because you get it and you go, oh, well, yeah. Oh, right. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. But in fact, the flip side of that, there's actually a really great documentary series I've really been uh, digging um, uh, on Showtime uh, called Shangri-La, uh-huh. right? It's Rick Rubin um, documentary. And he talks about, I think it's in the last episode, he talks about the scariest thing that can actually happen to an artist is not the artist being successful. The scariest thing is if the artist is is achieves what they were hoping for because when that happens you end up going oh crap that didn't make me feel any better right mm-hmm. right and so when he said that i was like i 100 percent agree with that i always had a dream to make a feature and i made my first feature at 26 and i distinctly remember waking up the next day i told you about this we were mm-hmm. at the camp and it's not a good movie don't don't worth watch it but i i distinctly remember waking up and going you gotta be kidding me Ever since I was 10, right. I thought if I'd make a movie, mm-hmm. I'd feel like 
things would click. Right. You'd be a whole person. Yeah. And I was going, I didn't feel anything. In fact, I felt worse because now I knew, well, if I just make another of these, I won't feel any better. Right. The funny thing is when I think back on that experience, I think about all my friends. I think mm-hmm. about Ben and Dave and all these folks that I work with and all the fun we had. I don't even remember the the movie side right, of it. Sure. So that's what makes me smile is the relationships. Mm-hmm. So I would say it wasn't a successful movie, but I would say it was absolutely a successful movie because I have these really lifelong friendships. Sure. And, you know, this was 12 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and I would still do it again just to spend time with those people. Sure. And so – when I think about success, I'm like, man, it has to be tied to people because if it's tied to anything else, if it's tied to what other, you know, uh, reviews or right. any of that stuff, it's like, man, that stuff's going to bury you. Right. And that's just my perspective. I'm not, you know, and that might be an, an easy out. Um, but the more we've thought about this, because we decided, you know, when Mark asked the question a couple of days ago, we decided to do the episode on this. And I, I've just been noodling on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about Bruce. You want to talk about who Bruce is? Yeah, I think we've talked about Bruce before, but Bruce was my uh, mentor when I was a kid and gave me my first film job when I was 13, my first after-school job. And, and Bruce we, was just here at the office, and he, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about some of the stuff that Bruce has done? Well, he did a lot of uh, special effects in the 80s at ILM. He ran, uh, for a while, ran the animation department, and then for a while ran the matte painting department. And so uh, he worked on Back to the Future and... Um, uh, Goonies and uh, you know that era uh-huh. of stuff. Every time he comes, we're just sitting there like, I know. <laughs> just taking notes. What, what else, Bruce? He's just throwing out gold all yeah. over the place. He's like, well, you know how that works, right? Yeah. No, explain it. <laughs> yeah, he um, and he was teaching matte painting for a while uh, at a school, but he 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 just quit doing that. But um, anyway, that's the best who, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So that's Bruce. So Bruce Walters. But the relationship again. When I think about Bruce, I think about what an awesome dude, and he just helps people out, and he he's, he just wants to help you as a filmmaker. And he's a cool dude. Yeah. Outside of all of his achievements, but he said something about success, right? Well, he said he was well, a couple of things. He said he was talking about um, he was at ILM, and Bruce is a really smart guy who Crazy doesn't smart. understand yeah. how smart he is. Yeah, I think he knows he's smart. Crazy I think, smart. But when yeah. he's around other smart people, I think he thinks. Well, I'm not as smart as that guy, or I'm not as smart as that person. And I guess he was at ILM, and he saw other people getting success or doing something. He thought, oh, that person's so smart that they thought of this or thought of that. And I guess it started to bother him. I hope he doesn't mind us talking about this. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah. he, um, but it started to bother him, and, and somebody noticed. I think it was somebody older than him. And they noticed, and they said, uh, they said well, why don't you try being happy for them? <laughs> And he's like, what? And well, he goes, well, you want your kids to be successful, right? You want your kids to do things, uh, and uh, you don't care if they're more successful than you. Yeah. In fact, you hope they are. Yeah. So yeah. so why don't you think of them that way and see if that helps? And he said it totally helped. Hmm. And then he was um, more helpful towards them, uh, yeah. you know, like, oh, let me help you do that, you know? Yeah. So And it shows. Every yeah. time I've gotten to talk to him, he's, he's so he'll just like, I'm like, I don't know how that works, but I'll tell you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, he's really um, he's really a champion for other people's success in a really great way. You know, we were talking about and I don't know if success, the definition changes over time. But we were I was talking to some friends of mine, um, Nick and Alex, about uh, life stages. And they Mm -hmm. said that there's three life stages and between zero and thirty five is competency. And so all you're trying to do is prove you're competent. It's Mm -hmm. why when I ask my 
you know, five-year-old daughter, like, I was like, hey, you want me to do this? She's like, I can do it. It's like, it's that, the right. equivalent of that between zero and 35. Right. Just proving I can mm-hmm. do it. Then 35 um, to 50 is communion. Was the, I think they were trying to find C's. So communion just means people. Mm-hmm. So you spend the first third of your life trying to get good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You spend the middle third of your life going, oh, crap, it's actually about people. Mm-hmm. People are what matter. And then they said the last stage of life is creativity, and it's 50 on up. Mm-hmm. And it's creativity because you go, oh, I'm confident of what I do. Mm-hmm. I now know that it's about people. Oh, wow, now from 50 on up, I can be competent in a way that's actually about remembers people. <laughs> right, yeah. And then you end up having the most creative span of your life because you have – you're finally getting both pedals working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Now, if that applies or not, I have no idea. <laughs> right, right. But it just made me think of that because there was also a quote I pulled up from uh, John Cassavetes, who I always just really liked as a person. Right, sure. He just, man, there's a clip of him, of Martin Scorsese talking about his advice he got from Cassavetes uh, that you, if you could find it, we'll put it in the notes. It's amazing. But he just seemed like a really fantastic guy and he had some really great advice and this was a quote from Cassavetes on Cassavetes and it just said film is to me just unimportant but people are very important and I was like that is a dude who's moving into the next phase of life right like when I was a kid the only thing that mattered was film right right Mm -hmm. and at some point you go like oh no it's the people I like making movies but it's the people you get to spend time right right and then hopefully over time you end up finding so I don't know if if the, even those definitions change or not, um, but I just thought it was interesting. I just thought it was an interesting quote, right? Sure. Well, so but getting back to the success thing, yeah. Would he define success then as understanding that it's about people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know. If he how's would. that circle around it about about around to success? Yeah. And also, I think what happens is when people get what they think success is, right. they have to redefine success. Mm-hmm. So if you're Cassavetes and you've had like success as an actor, he had yeah. success as right. an actor, he had to probably find something else. Mm. Right? Sure. Right? Yeah. And so sometimes that it changes. And maybe that wasn't satisfying and this wasn't satisfying. Yeah. I think when he was making movies, he was pretty satisfied. Yeah. Um, it also reminds me of Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What does he come to? Oh, you should enjoy the small things in life. You should enjoy the... Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. He spends the whole epic of Gilgamesh looking to live forever, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a waste of time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another quote I pulled up, which is Albert Schweitzer, and if you don't know who he is, you should find out. Yeah. Um, because if anybody's earned the, uh, the right to say this quote, it's him. <laughs> yeah. But his quote is just, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting thing, too. Um, again, if you don't know who he is, look, look him up. But I always thought that was interesting, where, where it's the happiness thing. It's like, do you enjoy it? We've talked about this before. Where it's like, well, the dirty secret is we still do this stuff even if they didn't pay us. <laughs> right. The problem is you still have to make rent. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think you've talked about before where you're like, man, I wish salaries weren't so high in Hollywood. Oh, you want yeah. to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Well, I I wish that uh, you made uh, you know a decent living, but you couldn't get rich making movies. And I also wish there were no credits on movies. You know how many people would leave? Yeah. Only people who loved it would be left, and I would happily do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I exactly. would happily do it. Yeah. Yeah, but there are a ton of people who would just leave. 
You know what's funny as I say that though, I would happily do it if I'm working with good people. Sure. Because I've also been on those projects where you look around and you're like, I'd rather my whole life <laughs> I tried to get on a set. And you look around and you're like, everybody's grumpy oh, and I they're know. just jerks or whatever. And you're like, Yeah, I'm gonna go wash cars instead because this this is hell on earth. But oh, man, man, the magic that happens when you get to Yeah. I worked with a guy, I won't say who he is, but he I was a big fan of his. And uh, my one of my first jobs in real movies, and that guy was such a jerk to me. Yeah. It was really awful. It was yeah. really really awful. And I was like, "Oh, this is not worth. I never should have met this guy." Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it was better before. It was better before before I could just look at his work and not know him. Yeah. That 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 has happened on occasion. It's actually it hasn't happened very much. Usually. Yeah. What in my experience, a lot of the people who do really great work tend to be really good people. Mm. Um, that may not be true all across the board, but in my experience, it's been mostly true. Yeah, M- mostly. Um, there's something um, when you're doing creative work like this. I think there's something um, human at the center of it. Mm. And so when people are really good at it, they are often getting to something human, which makes them more empathetic human beings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, some people are just jerks and there's nothing that, you know, but for the most part, I would say if somebody's good at this work, creative work, um, certainly one worth, I shouldn't say creative work entirely, something that is about communication with others, right? If you're, if you're, writing screenplays or making movies or or doing marketing or whatever, there's a communication that has to happen. So if you're doing fine art, you don't necessarily have to communicate to the audience in the same way. Mm. You know what I mean? So you can be a jerk and do your thing. Yeah. You're right? But that's much harder to do. And film's a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that when Ron Howard was a kid acting – uh, what he what he realized was the director got to visit with everybody, <laughs> hmm. and like, hey, the director gets to hang out with everybody. I think I want to do that. Yeah, 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 Because yeah. the actors are, you know, they they're just in one little group area. Right. But he's like, no, I want to talk to everybody, hmm. and I I understand that as a motivation. Yeah. Um, it is a cool thing to be able to hang out with everybody, um, and I do like the collaborative nature of film. I do like. And it's the same thing when I do comic books. I like another person bringing something to the table that I never would have thought of, or you know, I like that collaboration. I like, I feel like when it's working, you do something much better than you could have done alone, or they could have done alone. Yeah. Um, and, and something weird has happened on film sets, and I don't know, not to. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it anyways. We were shooting that thing. Um, the other day and the sound person um, Matt who we never worked with before we were just in a different city was uh, when we were saying goodbye he was like man it's you guys are just so so measured and chill um, and then the rest of the film team went down to that other shoot in that other state yeah and they said they heard a similar thing and I remember you said um, and they were talking about how like man it's so nice to be on a set where people aren't yelling and all that you want to talk about what you said about yelling I just thought that was fascinating. What did I say? Well, you said that uh, people yell when they're scared. People do yell when they're afraid, yeah. And you said 
people yell when they're afraid and you're afraid when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I wrote it on a sticky note and put it on <laughs> my did. computer. Sue says, I was like, hold on a second. What did you just say? <laughs> because when I think about now people on set yelling, mm-hmm. now I go, oh, they're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid because they don't know what they're doing. Right. Or their just ego is so out of control, bonkers, crazy. Yeah. But, but they've missed the point of like, these are people making something for people. Right. Why treat people in during the process as subhuman? It doesn't make any sense. No. Think of another job. If we worked at Wendy's, right? Yeah. And somebody came in and was yelling about their coffee or whatever. Your boss, you'd be like, I'm, "This is crazy." <laughs> right. Yeah. But for some reason, on a film set, not only is that okay, but I think people think they view it as some sort of like, "Well, that must mean he knows what he's doing." Or right. But it's, you know, it's like, no, it just means you're an asshole. Yeah. Right. And to me, it means you don't know what you're doing. Right. Right. So what what that also means is often people think, I don't know why they do this. If you learn your craft, um, you can be very calm and you're not afraid. And But some people would rather not learn the craft and they would rather posture. And one of the ways you posture is you you get mad and you get very serious and you get very um, – I think George Costanza did something like this where he I, – I, I don't watch the reruns of Seinfeld. I just watched it when it was on. But uh-huh. I remember George Costanza thought if he was yelling or looked angry that people thought he was working hard. Yeah. I think that's a real thing. That yeah, Some people so actually think is a thing. Yeah. And so that's what they do. They do that rather than learn their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so much easier just to learn your craft. Oh, man. And when you think about the nicest, when you think about like Lynn Shelton or Ben Kasolke or any of those types of nicest people on the very planet. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And talk about professional. It's like at some point that myth took hold and it's just such a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it is weird. But I know that's off subject. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, I, I want to get back to the success thing because yeah. circle back around because um, I think that what happens with success is well, there are a couple of things. First of all, Mostly people think money, mm. right? People who are worried about their kids getting into the arts. I want my kid to be successful. They mean money. Yeah. Right? Um, status. Status, yeah. money. They don't mean, well, I, I hope they're happy with what they're doing <laughs> and are satisfied. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't mean Wake that. up every day with a smile. Yeah. Just, yeah That's well. not what they mean. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes I, I think they think it doesn't matter if you're happy. Mm. Right, it doesn't matter. I I once had a student who who uh, this is at the University of Washington. So I I had this student who had a really good story mind, and uh, I told him that, and he looked stunned, and he couldn't talk for a while, and then later he said, "Well, I didn't know what to do with that because he'd always been told he was supposed to do a certain thing, uh-huh. get these grades, go to this school." get in this business right so when i told him he had a good story mind he's like i don't know what to do with that because i can't pursue that yeah that's really sad yeah it was sad he he he, he didn't know what to do it was a really interesting thing to see nobody yeah. had ever said hey you're good at that you should do that they just told him what he should be doing right right and so um but what happens with those people often is they get success and they're completely unhappy hmm Often that's the case. They're completely yeah. unhappy because they didn't want to do this. You know? Um, you know how many actors and comedians and whatever went to law school? 
Yeah. You'd be amazed. Yeah. Well, I went to law school. And I yeah, really... went to Harvard and. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Because they had something else they wanted to, or medical school or whatever. Or were told to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so success really can be. I would say that on some level, I always felt successful in that when I understood that I. I was better at my craft than most people. <laughs> I, I love it because you, you can actually say that. Like, I love that you could say that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's awesome. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a kind of success, you know, mm-hmm. that that it doesn't matter what anybody mm-hmm. – it doesn't matter. You can't shake me. You can't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like – I think people think it's um, – for me, it's like – if I were good at sports, if I was a good basketball player and I knew it, like, you, you can't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. I can make this shot. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me. You can say what you want to, but I can make this shot. And I feel the same what way. What was the Muhammad Ali quote where he said, like, it's only bragging if you can't do it or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of way I feel about it. And, and on some level, when I'm not given an opportunity, uh, when I think I deserve the opportunity – um what I think is if you ever gave me the opportunity, I would prove you wrong. I don't it doesn't shake me. It doesn't make me like people have said things about my work sometimes I'm like, I know that's not true. I know what you said isn't true. I know too much about what I do to know what you said isn't true. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't shake me. And that's a kind of success because early on in your career those things can shake you. There are two kinds of people who are unshakable. People who don't know what they're doing, right? And people who know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So amateurs are like, I got this. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. People in the middle are like, I hope I... Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. But there are people who are like, no, I know I know how this works. I know how to do this. Yeah. Um, and you can even have some doubt about this is weird I, because I was I was talking to Frank Oz <laughs> sure you yeah, were I was yeah. talking to Frank Oz now which is funny because when you talk to Frank Oz he will mention somebody like I was talking to Orson Welles and he goes ah god I hate that I'm name dropping because uh, you know, that's yeah. my life well here I am name dropping uh-huh. so I was talking to Frank Oz and Frank yeah. Oz doesn't like to know things so he doesn't like to know uh, necessarily how a scene's going to go or how a character is going to respond he likes to be in the moment yeah and so he likes the not knowing and there's a there can often be a kind of nervousness to come he didn't talk about this but there can be a nervousness with not knowing but the weird thing is when you know your craft you know it will work you know the not knowing will work yeah whereas when you're in the middle of your craft you think the not knowing is a problem Right. So there's even so so you you still can't be shaken. You still know, look, I don't want I know I don't want to know. Yeah. You know, well, Rick Rubin talked about in that same series. He talked about how until you can get to the point of saying, I don't know, he's like, you can't actually learn. Mm hmm. And when I think about the smart in that, like, if you know, you're not going to be, okay, well, if you know, I guess I'm not going to tell you how it works. Right. But if you're like, I don't know how that works. People usually go like, well, here's how it works. Mm -hmm. So the beginning is when you say, I don't I don't know. Right. I don't know. And when you think about when I at least when I think about the really smart, successful people I know, they also say I don't know more than 
the right. average person. Yeah, they do. Right? Because then they're just inviting in. Like, cool. What do I? What's going to happen? How right. do I? How do I ride the wave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um. So, I'm, I do, I'm going to keep circling back. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> so, so there's the the money thing that people think yeah. is success, and they find that's not it. Yeah. Um. I think that you. I mean, I had to redefine success for myself and what that looked like. What did that process look like of redefining it? It was a painful process. Can you help me understand that? Um, it was uh, because I had to wrestle with the possibility that I wasn't going to get the thing I thought I was going to get when I was since I was five, six, whatever. Um, that, no, you're not going to be, you know, at that time it was Planet of the Apes. You're not going to make Planet of the Apes and then later Star Wars. You're never, what happens if you never get to do that? What happens if you never, ever get to do that? And, uh, that was a painful process because that was a little like dying Mm. because I had spent my entire life working towards that single goal. Yeah. Um, and, um. And so it was as close to a death. It, it, I grieved the same way I have grieved anybody I've known who's died. And I grieved the death of that idea of success. And it was awful and was painful. And people around me were very worried about me. But when I came through the other side of it, I could accept the things that were good, like, okay, you're getting to do this graphic novel and you're getting to do this thing, you're getting mm-hmm. to do that thing. These are all things that um, a lot of people would go, I, I'm successful, I'm doing a graphic novel, yeah. or I'm successful, I'm teaching at Pixar, I'm successful, yeah. I'm, you're right. Yeah. But I just saw those the things HBO as- The HBO stuff, all yeah, that, yeah. I just thought it was stepping stones to something else. Mm. And so I didn't appreciate, sometimes I would, but I didn't as much as I should have appreciate each step along the way or each thing as a thing all by itself. The actual journey of it. Yeah, like, that's a thing. Like, oh, being asked to lecture at Pixar is a thing. Mm-hmm. There are yeah. some people like, what else would they want, right? Yeah. For me, it was a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. Right? Or getting to work with some of the people I've gotten to work with and help them with their projects. Like, people, a lot of people would be like, that What's, gets better than that, yeah, you right. know? Um I remember in Rome uh, lecturing and we were doing a Q&A and, and somebody in the audience, she said that she wanted to be me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how do I get to be you? Yeah. And, I uh, remember that. Yeah. And that, yeah. It, it took me. It, 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 it I, you know, mm-hmm. you remember how mm-hmm. I responded. Yeah. Because I, I didn't think of myself the way that she was thinking of me. Mm-hmm. I just thought of myself as... Um, not successful. In that, I think I showed you, I found that, that old book that had a bunch of like um, Coppola's journals. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, this is from 91. Mm-hmm. And there was a line, and I can put the actual quote in the show notes, but the line was something along the lines of, all my life I've wanted to do something meaningful. And, he, and then he ends it by saying, and I still hope I will someday. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, <laughs> 91 so hold on a second <laughs> right that's yeah. coppola yeah right yeah 
if I was in the crowd, I'd be like, hold on, Mr. Coppola. <laughs> I, I think you've already – and for him, he's like, uh, you know, he's also the guy that says he's, he always considers himself a student. Right. All the good people do. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just funny, like, that his view of his body of work, even by 91, was still, man, I really hope I get to <laughs> do something meaningful. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know how you do better than – The Godfather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you do better than that? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes that haunts people. Too. Well, so your reaction to this, the, the person in the audience that said that to you, that's, the, I, that's, that's what reminded me of his response in his own journal. Cause right. these journals were never meant to be published. Right. They were writing this book and, and it was like a filmmakers on filmmakers type of book. And he was like, somebody asked him for me. He's like, uh, okay. But, and yeah. he gave him to the fact that in his head, he's still going thinking like that. Mm -hmm. It would have caught him by surprise too. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, he's not thinking. He's made it. Right. And I don't know how you could make it any bigger than him. No, I don't know how either. Um, yeah. Um, well, he may, have to, he may have to, you know, sometimes. But are you? Let me ask you a question. on the, When you talk about the grieving period, mm -hmm. um, that hits me because I'm right at that age. Right. Where I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that gonna go? Is that yeah. gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm too old at this point for you know. Yeah. Um, but like, what? When you were in that, and you said your friends were worried about you. Yeah, my family. My. What was? Was it time that got you out of it? Was it? Uh, I mean. How did that happen? How did you get out? Is my question. Because you're in like the land of the dead stuff. Right. Right. You're grieving yourself dying. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then now it's like, man, like it seems like nothing gets you down. So like how'd you get how'd you break that I don't know. I all I can tell you is that I you know, I I I, I think I've talked about it before, but I used to do flip books when I was a kid, right? Cuz we couldn't afford a a movie camera. And and I would do flip books. I did I don't know how many I did. I did so many flip books. And uh, because it was my way of making movies when I had no other way to make movies, right? And I learned a ton about what a frame can do, and I learned a lot. And and people who were adults then when I was a kid doing those still say, you did that all the time. Like, so it's not even my child memory going, oh, you did that all the time. Yeah. It's other people going, no, it was constant. It was like an obsession. I did it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, when I was going through that process, I remember that what kept coming in my mind was that little kid. It was like almost separate from me, just drawing and 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 drawing. And what I was grieving was the death of that kid because that kid had a goal. That kid knew what he was going to do. He knew what his life was going to be. And it didn't work out that way. And so I had to grieve the death of that. And um, I think I... At a certain point, I was conscious. I wasn't conscious of it for a while. I didn't understand why am I so down and what's the deal. Um, and as I know so many people who are amazingly successful by the standards of what we think of as success. And um, and then also people who are successful who I go, why is that person they don't even know the first thing. Yeah. Right. You know, like that guy we met with. Yeah. Like the guy we met with. There are some people yeah. who, um, I think are horrible screenwriters who were proclaimed as geniuses, right? Yeah. Like uh -huh. that person's horrible at their job. Um, anyway, but, um, so that was hard. 
and and so uh i think i once i realized that's what was happening that you were in the grieving process yeah then it helped me come out of it because i had to decide i had to decide i have to find a way to be happy with what i do get i have to find a way to do that because what would happen if you didn't right then i would have lived my whole life wanting something i didn't get and it just seemed like well that seems like a waste in the graveyard right that seems like a waste of my life so um and i can't i can't say that i'm completely 100 percent through that oh sure you know what i mean I'm yeah. mostly through that. Yeah. But I can't say I'm 100% through that. Yeah. But that's grief in general. Hmm. Grief is always like that. Hmm. You never get over. I mean, I've had enough people die yeah. around me that grief, you never, that's not a thing that goes away. That's just something you learn how to deal with and you you know where to put it. Like, oh, that goes back here, hmm. you know. Um, but you never get over. It's like, oh, my, my brother died. I'll I'll be fine. You know, you're not going to be fine. You're mm-hmm. just going to, that's just a new normal. Yeah. You know? Um, so you, you, you just find a place to put that stuff. Yeah. But no, you never, you never get over it. Um, no. Remember August Wilson said something about his, he said, uh, he says, I don't envy anybody who has their mother, whose mother is still alive because their worst day is still ahead of them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is dark. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But when a guy says that, what he's also saying is, I still grieve that death. Yeah. Right? No and so kidding. I think that's the thing about grief is it you you can get through it, you can live through it, you can move through it. But it if it, I, it can't go away. It won't go away. It doesn't go away. It just... Um, takes a different form or it's not quite as raw. It's not a quite as raw a nerve most of the time. Mm. So that's, so once I was conscious of that happening, then I could move through it a little bit uh, and accept things that came as opportunities and just be in that opportunity rather than thinking, is this a stepping stone that's going to help me get X or right. Y or Z? And then you started, do you, what I love about the Gilgamesh stuff is it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't miss this. Right. Don't miss that right now you're holding this child's hand. Don't miss that right now you're <laughs> right. having a, a meal with a friend. Don't miss that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the philosophy behind that stuff is beautiful. It's just hard to do in real life. It is. You know. It is. It helps when you have models that can do it. I had people around that did it well. Um, Stuart Stern did it well. Did what well? Moved through grief mm. pretty well. Um, you know, here it was a guy who lost a bunch of people in his life. I mean, he was 92, 3 when he died. So, you know, and been in World War II and lost buddies and, you know, like, and then just by living longer than most people, yeah. lost people. And I saw people... Excuse me, when like his best friend died, I saw him move through that. I think he he grieved it, but he knew how to move through those things. Um, 
which was interesting to see. It was nice. Again, it was a nice model to have. Um, but you know that I don't know if that guy thought he was successful, Stewart. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how you do better than what like right Rebel Without a Cause. Or, yeah. <laughs> or Sybil. Yeah. Uh, but even relationally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. Like and and also his students. Like I told you, my step, my friend who got to take a class from him, which must have been amazing just like oh my god it was the best he was the best teacher i've ever had yeah and he was the most thoughtful kind like she's like i don't even know how to explain what this person was like yeah Um, it's true he's he's kind of hard to explain and he made such a huge impact Mm -hmm. but like you said maybe he wouldn't maybe he wouldn't say that he was no he um he knew he was successful you know, uh, but I think that for him, success was having um, would have been having confidence that he never quite had. Mm. He never quite had much confidence. Um, I, I think he was one of the most insecure people, writers that I've ever known. Um, I don't know what he was aiming for. So that's a, sometimes that's a thing. Sometimes people are mm. aiming for something that is either not attainable or um, just have a brain chemistry that doesn't allow them to go, I wrote Rebel Without a Cause. I, I'm doing okay. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I did okay. Yeah. Um, or I made The Godfather. I did okay. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and maybe that's good. Maybe that helps them move forward. That can. Uh-huh. Right? Coppola didn't stop making movies after The Godfather. Yeah. But Stewart did stop writing screenplays after a while because he felt insecure about his abilities. So, um, yeah, success can be a weird thing, too, because it can, if you get the outward trappings of success, then you can still feel um, like you don't deserve it or all yeah. these other things can happen. Um, so I, th- for me, success would be just is, is doing good work and have it appreciated by the people I would like to appreciate mm-hmm. the work. The people that know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And to reach an audience. You know, that was that was probably one of the hardest things for me was writing screenplays that I thought were good. Uh, that would win awards, and, yeah. you know. Um, and not and not getting an audience. That yeah. was the hardest thing. Like, oh, I wrote this thing. I worked really hard on it. I think it's good. I'm sure everybody would say, "Well, you won that award. I mean, it's all going to come together now." Like, yeah, but no, that those awards, um, you know, like I don't keep them around, you you know. And uh, there was one award I won that at a certain point because I thought it was going to change my whole career. And uh, at one point, it was sitting on the shelf, and I'm like, "It's kind of like having a big middle finger on my shelf." And I did not. I had to take it down. Like it was a thing that said, "Hey, you're gonna be successful." <laughs> no, no, you're not. Right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I thought it was gonna open doors. It didn't open. Um, and now I, I'm more likely to say, "Oh, that was cool. I won an award. That's cool." It yeah. doesn't define me. I don't think of it as necessarily success. What it means is, in some ways, it means, "Oh, I guess people like what I'm doing. That's good." But because I spent so long knocking up against the wall, I had to define success for myself. I did a good job. 
if other people like it, that's great. Yeah. I know I did a good job because that's what I trained myself to do. I think that for some people that sounds cocky, but you can train yourself to be good at something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it's physical, people understand that. If it's mental, I think that they have a harder time with it. Hmm. But if it's physical, like, no, I train myself to be really good at riding horses, right? You, they yeah. can see it. Right. I train myself to be really good at whatever. They can see it. But when it's mental, I think that people think, well, you think awful lot about yourself. It's like, no, I just worked really hard. Yeah. A lot harder than most people realize and are willing to do. And that's why it's so hard when it doesn't crystallize the way it Yeah. If there was justice, it would have, right, type of a thing. That's what it felt like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that's true yeah. <laughs> um, on some level because, you know, I, again, when you're talking about um, Hollywood in particular, in some ways this is, it's. I don't want to say it's nice, but when I was looking and going, none of these people look like me, I could, what was great is I didn't have to blame myself. Oh, I see. It doesn't matter. None of these people look like me. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good I am. So I have to define that for myself, and I can't let them define it for me because – Success. Yeah. I have to define it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that if you're letting other people define success for you, then you probably are never going to reach that. Right? <laughs> right? But, for instance – Spielberg said he made Schindler's List for his mother. Schindler's List is a really good movie. Yeah. So, if nobody saw it except his mother, would it be successful? Would he think of it as successful? Probably. Hmm. Probably. Right? Yeah. He probably would want more people to see it. He probably would. But, you know, I mean, I told you that's, that's the one thing. Because my mother grew up in, uh, in the Jim Crow era where everything was segregated. And my mom had to go to the movies on a particular day of the week where they would let black people go to the movies and they had to sit in a certain section and she would go with her mother to the movies. And my mom loves movies and growing up she would take us to the movies all the time. I saw everything. And for me, I would just like to make something big enough and have my mom in the movie theater and see that a woman who grew up in segregation having to sit in a certain section that I'll be very angry if that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, if, if, um, God forbid she, she goes before that happens. If that ever happens, that will bother me. Um, you said that there was one screening though. There was one screening of, uh, my movie white face that she saw at a film festival and that was really good. And, Practically, like they wouldn't stop clapping, so that was really nice. The audience really um, liked the film, yeah. so she got to see that. But I'd like her to see, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, man, it's a tough question. It is a tough question, um, but I do think it comes down to people defining it for themselves. Yeah. And if they let other people define it for them, then then they'll never reach it. Mm -hmm. They have to define it. And there has to be, I think, an end goal in some ways, right? Like, in that, 
oh, success is getting to, like you say, like uh, work with people I like. Like that's an end goal. Like that, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I've reached that. I can stop pining for that. Yeah. Right? Um, it's the pining that ends up being the problem. Yeah. You know? Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And you can do that till the day you die. One of the things, and not to diminish the, the how difficult of a question it is, but one of the things that helps me when I'm wrestling with that is the um, pining or complaining or is trying to okay. Well, what is what does gratitude look like? Mm -hmm. What I'm mad because these things haven't happened. Right. But is there anything I can be grateful for? Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's like there's a big like, like, I don't know, like kettle in the sky type of thing. And right. I've been taking right from movies and stories my whole life. And you're just like, I just want to put something back. Right, yeah. Just as a thank you for Paper Moon or right. thank you for what yeah. what these things that meant so much. Mm -hmm. And you go, man, wouldn't it be great to just put something back? Yeah. And be like. I didn't miss it. Right. I didn't miss how good of a job you did. Right. Right. Or th thank you for it. Right. Right. And then sometimes when I, when I start thinking about all the things that I am thankful for, you go, oh, well, yeah, I've gotten that. Because I'm not in control of so much. Right. Right. But there is something about going like, man, when you think about all those awesome people you've gotten to meet, and you think about, you know, you go like, wow, I guess, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I've been, yeah, because I think about that, I'm like, oh, I've gotten to know some yeah. amazing, like, yeah, yeah, your network's insane. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah I've, I'm lucky that way. Um, that's been one of the most amazing things, to get to know um, people, and some people I didn't get to know, I met them and hung out with them, mm -hmm. but didn't get to know them, but the people I've, and even that. And learned from. And yeah, it's because amazing. Because all this stuff, your money will come and go and all that, but the knowledge you've got forever. Oh, Yeah. And the people you gotten to learn from. It's kind of, I mean, like Bruce is your mentor. Like when he's here, we're all like, oh my God. And he's just firing gold all over. But yeah. like the amount of folks like that, we talked about in some of the old episodes here. But you go like, man, just it's not just the it's the making, it's the it's the wisdom side, it's the learning, it's the yeah. thank you for helping me understand that. It's the learning how to think side. Yeah. Because you can apply that logic to everything. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that I mean that's success too, right? Mm -hmm. Like the success, like doing something well enough that somebody I admire cares what I have to say. That's success. Yeah, I you, you know, yeah. um, and it means in a your way, labor wasn't in vain, right? And in a way, that's putting back, that's giving mm -hmm. back, right? Um, you know, all all I wanted to say to Frank Oz when we were talking was, dude, you taught me how to read. <laughs> yeah, you know what, uh -huh. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> like your cookie monster, you yeah. taught me how to read. Yeah, you know, uh, he doesn't want to talk about that stuff. Uh, and he he now is of an age probably where he meets people like me all the time who basically say that to him. Uh, -huh. uh and so uh, I you know I I played it cool, but yeah. but but um, that was the truth of it. And I and it was nice to be able to talk to him and and exchange ideas with him. Um. You, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, that's a good day. That's a great day. Yeah, that's a great day. And I, I don't know. You know, we might hang out more. We might not. I, it doesn't. It would be great, but how many people get to do it 
at yeah. all. So right. it's like, yeah. you know what? I'm not gonna get greedy. It'd yeah. be great if we hung out more. I don't. We don't have to. Right. You got to and you, all the stuff you got to learn and just understand. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Fire stuff back and forth. That's great. Yeah. So no, I've been very lucky with the people uh, I've gotten to know, and for me, success has also looked. Um, I've gotten to um, influence younger people mm-hmm. in a way that I never. That was not a goal. Yeah. So many. Yeah, that was not a goal. And older people, like and you know older, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was not my goal. Right, and right. so that's what makes it hard to kind of acknowledge that side of your career. Well, it just was like, like yeah. all the te- this, yeah. all the teaching. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't making movies. It was sort of, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, that's cool. Some, some young woman in, you know, I meet in Rome wants to be me. Yeah, <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, okay, that's. I guess that's success, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, yeah. But I, you know, um, at that moment, I certainly didn't see that. I mean, it hit me hard when she said that, um, because I thought, oh, is that what I look like? Like, I don't know what it looks like on the outside, right? You know, I just know what it feels like on the inside, and mm-hmm. on the inside, it feels like, you know, I know all these people with much more opportunity and yeah, money and. All the all the stuff that Mark was talking about. Yeah. So I know, you know, so all I'm doing is comparing myself to all those people and going, I'm not them. I don't get to, you know. I mean, yeah. I to this day, I don't have an agent. You're like, just... you get books and you got, it's like, no, I got no agent. Yeah. 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 To, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a manager, but I don't have yeah. an agent. Yeah. Such a weird thing. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You would think. Sure. Like, I have a book, McMillan. I showed, sold the movie to HBO. No? Yeah. No? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. But that's where it's like, well, what are you in control of? How good you are. There you go. How good you are. I tell people that all the time. It's like, that's the only thing you can control. And if you know you're good, it goes a long way. When people are rejecting you. When it's like, well, I know I'm good. Mm. Because if you don't know that, then what haunts you is that. Was I good enough? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe, I, right? What keeps you going on the, like, we didn't see each other for a couple of weeks. We were, I was tra- you were traveling, you were, te- yeah, you were on the East Coast or yeah. whatever, and I was, it's like every time you see you, you're always like, dude, I just, check this out. I was reading this thing. It's like, you, you're not slowing down. Mm-hmm. Like, what keeps you, because you already know, you're like, well, I already got the baseline. I mean, I could just kind of chill and just work from this position and I know that I'll, I'll be able to just knock it out and knock it out. But, man, like, you don't stop. Mm-hmm. Like, what keeps you – when you're talking about knowing you're good, what keeps you going? You're still motivated outside of having the actual success you wanted, I guess is what right. I'm saying. Right. Oh, sure. So what keeps the fire going to continue to learn and blah, blah? I mean, I come back to my – and you're like, hey, and there's, like, books stacked <laughs> up. And you're like, you got to do this and read it. And I'm like, all right, man. Well, I haven't seen you in a week. How did you just find six new things? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what keeps that going since you haven't gotten exactly what you – because I can see what would keep a guy like Copa going. He's got to – you know, it's right. like um, – Because the thing that got me good, and I think I'm good, the thing that got me good was that trait. And so that's not a trait. I don't even know. Maybe it was something I was born with. Maybe I can't take credit for that trait, right? Maybe it's just something who I am. And so I don't, I can't turn it off. It's not a spigot, right? So it's like, I can't 
it's just I'm just that guy. I got to learn. I got to learn. I got to learn. I got to learn. I'm just that dude. Um, and so um, there there were times when I didn't want to learn anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. What would you attribute that to? That's because I couldn't talk to anybody. What do you mean? Well, I'll teach a class and I'll talk about structure and I'll talk about um, uh, how stories work and mirror neurons and all these things that are, I'm talking about the engine of the car. The questions I get are, do you like red cars or blue cars? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you see what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, yeah. So, what software are you using to? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so somebody will say, uh, Brian, what's your favorite horror movie? It's like I don't categorize that way. <laughs> Does it work or not work? Uh-huh. Right. And there was a point at which I realized it's like I can't have a conversation with people mm-hmm. because I spent so much time thinking about this stuff. It's not a casual thing. Yeah. I'm not casually interested. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't think you'd like that movie. It's a horror movie. It's like, does it work? Does the story make sense? That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah. And that's not the way most people think. I don't mm-hmm. categorize that way. I don't know how to answer the question when people ask me that question because it is the, I'm talking about engines and you're talking about paint color. Yeah. And so I felt um, alienated. And I'm like, I don't want to learn anything else. It's just too hard. Hmm. Um, uh, Lorraine Hansberry, do you know who she is? Uh-uh. She was a playwright, and uh, she wrote uh, the play "A Raising in the Sun," "Raisin in the Sun," oh. "A Raisin in the Sun," and she she said something to the effect of, um, she said, um, "When you are exceptional, if you are indeed exceptional, um, I, that is the thing that will make you lonely." Hmm. That that if you are good enough at something, you're you're all by yourself out there. It's not a very comfortable place to be, sometimes. Um, and I remember things like you know, because I get tired. You know, I don't like a lot of movies that come out. You know, like really, yeah, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, everybody notices that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's not who I want to be. Right? Yeah, sure. And I don't want to rain on people's parade. It's like if you want to think that's the greatest movie in the, you know, go ahead. You know, yeah. but what did you think? It's like you really don't know what I. You don't want to <laughs> know, you know. And I don't get any joy out of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, come on, tell me what you think. It's not worth a fight. It's yeah. not, I don't care. And so, um, and I, there was a time when I would just go along with it. Yeah, that was great. The movie was great. Uh-huh. And then I felt like I was lying to myself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like well, I didn't really think that was great. I'm just trying to play along because I don't like being the outsider all the time. I don't like being the naysayer all the yeah. time. You know? And so it becomes a lonely space. And I was like, I don't want to learn anything else. I can't have a conversation with people. They want to talk about car color. Yeah. And I don't even know where to begin it's all the that conversation. Level. Yeah. yeah. You know? And maybe they go another level down. Oh, but man, didn't that movie look cool? I, I, I guess. I, I can't have that conversation. Yeah. Didn't you like the soundtrack? I guess. I... I can't have that conversation. Uh-huh. So, yeah. um, you know, I can talk if they want to talk about. Oh, that was a good soundtrack because the movie was about X and the theme was this, and it matched that. I can talk about that. Yeah, but I can't talk about how cool the songs were. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, there were times when I was like, I don't want to learn anything else. It's too. It's too. 
it's too much. Um, and anybody who who gets good at something will find that that's true. You get good enough at something, you will alienate yourself in some ways. Um, and uh, Wynton Marsalis, it's funny because Wynton Marsalis is very good at what he does. Yeah. Very good uh, uh-huh. musician. Yeah. Uh, studied jazz his whole life. Other jazz musicians don't like him because he has a narrow definition of jazz. Like, he, he's jazz is blues-based. If it's not blues-based, it's not jazz. Well, who is he who gets to, well, he's better than you. That's who he is. Oh God, he's amazing. Yeah, but it's like, well, how come he gets to. I think to... about his, that quote all the time about his students. Oh, no, that's his brother. Branford said oh, that. Oh, is that his brother? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's true. Talk about knowing your shit. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, it can be alienating. And so, you you know. Uh, but you kept learning. I kept learning. I Yeah. I For a while, I stopped. I'm like, I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know anything Was else. that during that period of mourning? Uh, it was just before it. Really? So that kind of led into that. Yeah, it was just before it because, um, you know, I had a meeting with an executive, which is so weird in Hollywood because the executives are 12 years old. And so... <laughs> Uh, I'm not even kidding. They're so young. It's like, you're, are, can you? Is your is your daddy home? That's uh, what you yeah, feel like. Yeah. And I was meeting with this guy, and I had this script, and all he could kind of talk about was um, essentially some version of car chases or explosions or like, you know, and I was like, we're not even speaking the same language. And... Um, and that's a frustrating thing. It's like, I can't ever sell anything to you. We don't speak the same language. I care too much about what I do to have a conversation with you. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whatever you would get from me, you destroyed anyhow. Yeah. And you can't even see what I'm giving you. Uh-huh. Right? You you know? Yeah. Oh, you want car chases? I don't write that. I care about what I do. Mm. And I think it matters what I do. Um, and I feel like I have a, have a responsibility and I can't I can't write. I, I don't. I wouldn't know where to begin to write explosions and car chases and stuff. I I don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, it's hard to have those conversations. It's like you know, what? I don't, I don't, I don't want to fight that fight, and I don't want to know too much more than those people. You know, because a lot of times, I've been studying my craft as long as those people have been alive, mm. or longer now. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I know something. Really? Because before you were born, uh-huh. I was doing this. <laughs> you know? And that's just more time to learn. People don't understand that. That's a really hard time thing to explain to younger people. Like, I've just had more time to learn. Hmm. It's just more trips around the sun, and that gives me more time to learn. Hmm. And so they think, well, just because you're older, do you know more? Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's uh, the way it works. Yeah, as long as it's your dedicated time to learning. Yeah. Right? That's Which, way, what you were doing. Yeah. You know what? If you live long enough, you could have started off an idiot and you know stuff <laughs> if you live long enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but I, that's a really hard thing to explain to somebody who's maybe in their early 20s. They don't understand that that matters. Mm-hmm. So what? You've been doing it longer. Well... Yeah, well, I was having an argument with a guy. I don't have these kinds of arguments anymore, but it was like, 
I think it was my blog or something, and he was going back and forth, and he was like, well, you think this, and you think think this, and, and went back and forth, and I was trying to explain something to him, and then I realized, I go, you know what? Tell you what you do. Save this thread. Look at it in 30 years. I will win this argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. Like, because that's the truth. Because uh-huh. <laughs> if yeah. he did that. Yeah. He just hasn't thought about it enough. Yeah. But he he hasn't also, seen enough. And, yeah. He'll also go, yeah, why would I? Because he'll have enough years to understand that those years teach you something. Right. And to, um, to argue with somebody about their craft if they've been doing it that long doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I think that's really interesting, the process where you were like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop learning. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And then you had that meeting with that exec. And do you think that's what kicked off that period of time? No, that was way before. That was was way before. Yeah, that was way before. Um, But I just realized I couldn't have a conversation. I couldn't talk to those people. Um, And that um, if I got in the room with them, we would be speaking completely different languages because they're speaking the language of um, money. Hmm. Help me understand that. Well, uh, they think things like movies with this kind of a body count make this much money or movies Uh that have this many special effects make X amount of dollars. Excuse me. Now, I'm all for making something successful. Yeah. I'm all for, yeah, I'd like to make a thing that everybody wants to see. I'm not the person who doesn't want to make that thing. Yeah. What I have seen when I study those things that are successful like that, something like Die Hard or Raiders of the Lost Ark or Aliens or Terminator 2, is the stories are really good. Yeah. Right? Every time they try to do one of those things and the story's not good, it doesn't work. Right. So the stories matter. But for whatever reason, that's hard for them to grasp. They just think it's about the building blowing up. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, the story actually matters. Yeah. Um, And that's the part I'm concerned with. Yeah. The story will also last. So like Die Hard now, it's been around a while, Mm -hmm. right? Are special effects better yet now? Yeah. Are like... But you won't be more satisfied with a movie you can see right now than, than you, if you watch Die, Die Hard or Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, no, not at all. Not at all. Right? Keep so, the main thing the main thing. The main thing is the story. Right. Tell the story well, and it will always work. And so, um, so for me, knowing that I can do that is a kind of success. I know how to do that. Mm. And I, you know... And I'm pretty confident that I know how to do that in a way that um, you can't prove a negative. So if they're never going to let me do it, I guess I'll never prove it. But I I know I could do it. You know? I know I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you think that that – and for you, you can at least hang your hat on that. Yeah. Well, yeah. But also you did do it. I mean, like you sold the show to HBO. Like, you know know (laughs) what I'm saying? So it's not like – Yeah. So there's got to be – some flex in that, right? Because it's like you've done a, a you know, yeah. I get it. You didn't make Die Hard yet. Right. But, right. But, right. you know. Well. You've done a lot. So. Yeah. But, you know, for I didn't care about selling a movie to HBO. Like, that was one of those things. I didn't care. I, I, 
when I when the distributor wanted to sell that movie to HBO, I really didn't care. And they were like, but they don't even buy short films. They're the most discriminating buyer of short films. This is a huge deal. I didn't care. Because for me, that didn't look like success. I'm like, so if it goes on HBO and whatever, a bunch of people see it, and I don't get a sustainable career, then I don't care. I want to make a living doing this. Is this going to help me do this for a living? Yeah. Because if it's not, I don't care. Hmm. If it didn't sell to HBO and it landed on Steven Spielberg's desk and he said, I like the cut of your jib, McDonald. You're going to write the new, <laughs> right? Yeah. That would have been fine with me. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fine with sure. me. Sure. I, so, it, so I was happy that it was on HBO and I was proud that the movie was on HBO, but I saw it as a stepping stone. Now I would see it as a thing on it in and of itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I saw a movie to HBO. That's a thing. Yeah. Right? And yeah. for some people, that would be success. But even doing that didn't get me an agent, didn't change my – like, I saw yeah. a movie at HBO, I can't get an agent? No. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. HBO's not nothing. <laughs> sure. Right? You know? Yeah. Um, but they kind of treated it like it was. So that kind of thing was very, very frustrating for me. Sure. You know? Um, so I didn't see it as a success when I, I probably should have. Now I do. When I look back on it, I see it as a success. Sure. You know, so. What's the closest you can get now? With it, when you, like, if I was to say, all right, Brian, what's success? What's the closest you could get? What do you mean? To an answer to what success is for you. Oh. You know what? It would be, um, it would all, it's always, to be secure because it's hard to appreciate anything when you're like, how am I going to eat? Yeah. Right. Right. right? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's put that aside. I don't yeah. have to have a yacht. I don't yeah, mean yeah, that. Yeah. I just don't want to have to think about money and the right. day to day things and know I can retire, yep. you know, things like yeah. that. Okay. So let's put that aside. Yep. Other than that, success for me would I think getting to tell the stories I, I want to tell and getting them in the world in some way. So I have, you know, these graphic novels coming out and the one that just came out. And that's nice because people are reading it and, and uh, my stories are being uh, experienced by other people. Other people are, you know, like my imagination yeah. made a thing that yeah. now informs their imagination. I like that. Yeah. Um, now, it was originally written as a screenplay. It's not a movie. Um, would I like it to be a movie? Sure. Um, but that's okay if it's not a movie. My, for me, success looks like I'm getting to tell my stories, and people seem to enjoy them. If I can, if I can appreciate that, that's success. If I can appreciate the things that are good, that's success. Uh, and I've been very lucky with the people I've gotten to know and work with and um, a lot of the projects I get to do, uh, you know. So now at this stage of my life, I feel more successful than I've ever felt, um, even though I don't have that that dream I had when I was five. I don't have that. Mm. Um, I never dreamed of the things that are happening now. That yeah. was not part of the uh, – 
part of the goal. But I have learned to appreciate it. If somebody's sitting there, which I'm sure there are, uh, listening to this going, but I'm there. I'm there. I'm in the land of the dead. I'm in, oh, the, in that space. I'm in that space of watching this young version of myself die. Mm-hmm. Do you have any wisdom for folks that are there right now? Um, Let me make it more. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> oh, okay. That's a more interesting. Okay. Right? Well, I think, I mean, I've told you this before, right? Because you have a bunch of skills. Oh, well, you don't actually have to say it to me. I'm saying it to okay. you. Okay. All right. Because I think this is probably important for everybody. Hmm. So you have an end goal, mm-hmm. same as I do, things, some yeah. things you'd like to do. Yeah. But in doing what you do, you are developing all these other skills that I swear to you will be applicable. There's nothing, there's nothing that I've learned that is not applicable to my job. Like, as a director. As a director or as a writer. Like anything I've learned, I've used. Yeah. You'll use anything you learn, right? Yeah. So so the thing is to appreciate that you're in a space where you're learning, if you can get yourself in that space. So this is for you, but if somebody's not in that space, they should be learning. Um, they should create things they can be successful at, I think. So they can be like if, um, if they're an illustrator and they go uh, – Boy, I can't do perspective, right? I've talked to people like that. I just can't get perspective. It's like, you know what? You can't. So why don't you just sit down and get good at that? Because when you get good at that, that will be a success. And you can see it and experience it as a success. Yeah. The other thing is that it gives you more confidence, right? So create things you can be successful at. Like, it's still a struggle, but it's just on you. It's not on anybody else. Nobody else can determine whether or not you're going to learn perspective. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. Right? So the things you can control, control. I used to tell people that all the time. You know what you can control? How good you are. That's what you can control. Nothing else. And they don't think you can do that. They think, well, you're born talented or whatever. Anybody who's good at something works at it. Everybody. Bruce Lee worked at it. Muhammad Ali worked at mm-hmm. it. Everybody good works at it. Yeah. They'll tell you that. I don't know why people don't listen to it. Yeah. Whit Marsalis practices his scales every day. Does he have yeah. to practice his scales? Probably not. But hmm. but he practices every day. That's how you get to be that guy. That's why when you said, how do you keep going and keep learning and why mm-hmm. didn't you stop? It's like you don't get to be somebody good at what they do if you can stop. Right. So, um, um, yeah, I see people all the time who have these things. Oh, I can't do that. Hmm. I can't do this. Oh, well, then that's on you. Yeah, that's on you. Fix that. Because you'll get that hit of success. Yeah. That's awesome. Because that is the one thing you can be in control of. Yeah. You can be in control of how good you are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes down to. What are you willing to sacrifice for? Oh, that, yeah. 
Are you gonna are you gonna just go home and veg out, or are you gonna be drawing tonight, or are you gonna whatever? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It is hard. And when you make that trade off, understand that you've made that trade off. Hmm. Right. That's the other thing, because I know people. I have known people who think they deserve success who do nothing to get it. Nothing. Yeah. I I had a, a book signing years ago for this comic I'd written. And a guy came, he's a friend of a friend, and he came to the book signing. And he had been working on this comic book for years and years. And uh, he said, he said uh, hey, maybe I should have my, my book signing here. And I said, you have to finish your book first. And that guy got so mad at me. <laughs> he was so mad. Like, I don't think he ever spoke to me again. Because I told him he had to finish his book. <laughs> but he wanted the signing. That happens all the time. That's not an unusual thing. You know? People are like, oh, I look at you. You're so successful. You got these books. You got this thing. It's like, well, what have you done? Well, I got an idea. You got an idea. Do a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, ideas are cheap. Ideas are cheap, and it, it doesn't... Getting an idea requires no effort. You can get an idea driving in your car or taking mm -hmm. a shower. Yeah. Ooh, I got an idea. Well, you you didn't yeah. do anything. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right? Put some effort in. So I've seen that a lot where people want the success, but they, they don't want to put any effort into it. Yeah. They just want the success. That happens a lot now. It didn't yeah. used to happen as much. Really? Yeah. It happens a lot now. There are more people. 26, why don't I have everything I want? Well, there are a lot of people famous for not doing anything. That yeah. didn't used to be the case. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do? I'm on Instagram. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what? What do you do? Well, I'm just on Instagram and people do what I say. You know? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, what are you famous for? I'm young and I'm hot. That's what mm -hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that didn't used to happen as much. Famous for being famous. Yeah. You used to have to do something. Juggle ventriloquism, yeah. something, do something. Yeah, you know, you know, but no, not now. And so I think people think that, yeah, you just just be famous, just be successful. And the part where you work hard, that's not in the, that's not in their, um, in their planning or their thought process. Um, but the work can be satisfying, and the work can give you these really nice bursts of, you know, like I remember when I was learning how to write subtext and I, I couldn't figure it out. And uh, it's it, now it, it, I figured it out. It's, it's easy once you figure it out. It's just one of those things when they click, when it clicks, they're like, oh, that's all it is. But mm -hmm. it's hard at first. And so I remember, like, I got to learn how to do that. I can't have that be uh, a block to the quality of my work. Right, I can't be writing around that stuff. I have to learn how to do it. I have to write. I have to learn how to write with pictures. I have to learn how. To, this is a visual medium. I have to learn how to write that way. Um, you know, um, I have to learn how to make all my characters sound different. Right, so that without reading their names, you know who's speaking. I have to learn how to do that, and that was hard to learn. But each time I learn something like that, that's a success. Right. Right. And then, what do you think about actually taking the time to celebrate that? Because I celebrate everything. Good. That's cool. Yeah. How'd you learn that? Um, I learned that, well, now I'm a little bit more um, 
now it's more consistent, but it's something I've done a lot of. I think that was always true on some level. It's just that I would celebrate with an eye towards where I thought this thing was going to lead instead of just straight up just celebrating this thing as a thing all by itself. Yep. You know, um, you know, when I almost got this job, I won't talk about, but at a major studio, major director, yeah. you know, uh, writing job, big director. You, it's hard to get much bigger. Yeah. And I, when I was sitting in that office, I thought, you know how many people would want to be in this office? Like, they thought I was good enough that I'm in this office Yeah. right now and they're talking to me about working for them. You know how many yeah. people want this? Sure. Now, it didn't happen. Um, luckily, nobody got the job, so, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like they rejected me specifically. Yeah. But um, I, that I, well, I should say, even though it was devastating, there were some reasons that that was devastating. Um, I did, when I was sitting in that office, appreciate that moment. And it, I was like, this is a thing. And I have to, no matter what happens, I have to understand that I was here in this office, in this big-time director's yeah. office being considered for a job. I have to recognize that. Yeah. When it fell through, there were some things about it that w were not pleasant. Uh -huh. but, um, but at that moment, I did appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's big, man. That's something I want to learn how to do more. Yeah. Like something good will happen and I just skip right over it. I'll be like, oh, fuck. Well, that's one less thing. I got on. It's like, well, hold on a second. Right. You could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> right. Take five minutes and <laughs> yeah. go, yeah, that's pretty cool that, you know, that yeah. all lined up, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that there's a, there's, I think that's Gilgamesh stuff. Mm hmm. Just take a second. You're going to dinner with a friend. Right. Not everybody gets to do that. You yeah. You do that right now. Just take a second. Turn off your phone. Just, Enjoy yeah. this moment, right? You did it. You yeah. figured this out. You wrapped on that thing. Yeah. And you did it in a way that you felt like you treated people on set well. Mm -hmm. The talent was taken care of. Everybody's taken care of. You walk up and you're like, you know, that's cool, man. You got together with friends or acquaintances or whoever, right. and you made this thing. Why not enjoy the drive to the hotel right. from the set? Yeah. Why not enjoy that? Instead of like, well, I got to get on to what's tomorrow. I gotta, it's like, <laughs> you can't even, right. you know, yeah. you're going to miss everything. Yeah, it's true. Um and then, and then all of a sudden you start thinking about how cool is it that you got to do that and then that makes you grateful. Mm -hmm. And then when you wake up tomorrow, you'll direct it better. Or right. you'll, you know, whatever. Whatever Your it job is. is on set. Right. Or your job in life. Right. <laughs> whatever your job yeah. in life is, right. But I think that's a skill that I, I want to learn more of because I just think it's a waste. It's a waste to just always... We were talking about awards. We have all those awards downstairs. We, yeah. We don't... We're just talking we about... We never even don't, look at them. We never look at them. But the bummer I, I was thinking about that last night when we were talking about it, I was like, I don't even know what the... I mean, we need a new shelf, right? Right. And I was like, well, that's cool. But you know what really sucks? When we won them, I never appreciated them. Mm -hmm. I didn't even go. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. And it's like, it, no, it's cool. You got together with your friends. Right. You made this thing. People acknowledged it. Don't be an asshole. Right. <laughs> Say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. And call the people that worked on the project and say, hey. Thank you for doing this. We right. all came together. We made this thing. And I was like, what a waste. All those years of doing stuff. It's not a good thing. I don't think there's any honor in that. I think that, you know what I mean? I think it's a coward's way of doing things. I think what I'm doing is not acknowledging it for some stupid reason. Well, you know? there's a legitimate reason to not acknowledge it, I think, too. So both things are true. When we won the award for this show, 
Uh-huh. I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> right? Because I don't uh-huh. like uh-huh. having my awards out. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, maybe it would be okay now. But because that one award started looking like a middle finger to me, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to yeah. have this out. Uh-huh. Because it was reminding me of where I wasn't, in a way. Yeah. Right? Sure. And And so... Um, the thing is when you win an award like that and you're continuing to do work, the work still remains. And so sometimes people win awards and they start resting on those. It's like the person who made the touchdown in high school that they, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you know what? That was a long time ago now. Right. (laughs) So I never want to be that guy. Like, you know what I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You should have been there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Uh You know? So, um, so, it can, it can, um, you can celebrate the moment and go, that's a really good moment. For me, a, an award now is a really good moment. Mm-hmm. That was great. Tomorrow, I have to go to work again. Yeah. And, and not be the guy who won the award. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was funny. I was talking to that guy. We were doing that one project on that music thing that, I wish we'd be more specific, but <laughs> yeah. remember we were talking. I was talking to that uh, producer, and he was the producer on Bill Nye. Mm-hmm. He did the audio. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, I think it's okay for me to tell us, but but it's funny because yeah, it's just a personal story. So he was talking about like nobody wanted to do this this cable show. You know, it yeah. was on like PBS or something. And somebody's yeah. like, "Who wants to stay late at night and work on this show for just pretty much no money?" And he was a young guy, and he was like. I'll do it. And so he did his work during the day. And then at night he would work on this show about this science thing because there was this new budget to pretty much get like educational TV stuff on TV. And of course the show ended up being Bill Nye, the science guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a big producer now, but at the time he was just lowest man on total pole. And he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he went, and he said, it was funny. Cause like they did all the music in house right mm-hmm. here in Seattle. They did all the music, all the songs. Like when you like Bill, Bill, that whole thing, that's yeah. all these guys did yeah. this stuff. And they were doing it at night for like no money <laughs> uh-huh. just because they were hoping to a work on something cool and sure. all that. And he won, I think he won two Emmys mm-hmm. one year. And he said it was a trip because he was like, I was in LA and I had like an Emmy in each hand and I was walking down the hall and I think Tarantino walked by and was like, hey, man, that's a good night. And he was like, yeah, it is a good night. And he's like, now, keep in mind, I've never done anything like this. <laughs> right. I never won anything. He's <laughs> yeah. like, in Seattle, nobody. Can. He's like, I got these Emmys. And he's like, I remember I got on the plane the next morning. I flew back and I walked in the office at this studio and the guys were there. He walked in with these Emmys <laughs> one in each hand, and people were like, OK, we'll put them down because we got to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he was like, it taught him that like that exact thing which was yeah it's cool but when i got back to the office people were still like all right man well you're already late and we (laughs) got to get this thing done because we've got another show going out right and he's like now they have like they had like six of them or Mm -hmm. something by the time they got done with it but he was like it was funny it just helped keep you grounded where he's like i had a good time in la and it was fun to win those but it was a good reminder like back in seattle it was like yeah man yeah (laughs) now what right right and so but but i still think it's cool that he took the time to go Hey, that's still fun. Oh, yeah. That being said, my coworkers don't give a shit. Right. And I got a deadline. Right. And well, it's like there's a good kind of two pedals there. Well, the award, excuse me, it can be fun to win them. Uh-huh. But, you know, I think you have to be happy with your work whether you win these awards or not. Yeah. Right? Because if you look at the history of who's gotten awards and who hasn't like 
I can't believe Shawshank Redemption does not have an Academy Award. Bonkers crazy stuff. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. So, I don't know what did win that year, but Shawshank? Like, what would be up against Shawshank? I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Right? So, if Shawshank doesn't have an award, and, like, I think Edward G. Robinson never won an Academy Award. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Edward G. Even for, like, his later work? He never won an Academy Award, as far That's as I know. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Man, I figured Double Indemnity or something. Like You would think. You would think, like... No, that's that's nuts. so so. You know, sometimes people who deserve them don't get them, and some people, times people who don't deserve them yeah. get them. Sure, right. So you can be happy that you got it. Yeah, but if you're not defining success for yourself, then it matters too much whether you win it or lose it. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like you can know you did a good job and lose. Yeah, and still be okay. Yeah. Like, it would be frustrating to make Shawshank Redemption and not get an Academy Award. Yeah. I'd rather make Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, believe it. Right. right. If I made that. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, that's a, that's, that is an award. Yeah. You've made one of the best movies. You did movies. your job at <laughs> yeah. the highest level. Yeah. That is success. Yeah. Doing your job at the highest level is a success. Yeah. You just have to understand that and appreciate that, um, you know, because that, all that other stuff is just weird and it's fickle and, yeah. you know, famous fickle and it's weird and all that. St- like, you know, money can be weird. Yeah. And if you have to define it, it has to be something internal. It can't be anything external, you know, um, past the idea of security. Right. Yeah. You know, I understand people want to be. Yeah, secure, yeah, yeah, of course. But like, really. I only need three yachts. <laughs> yeah. You know. But what's funny is you talk about that award for the show. We want that after like our first month or something. And I don't think either of us, um, you know, was expecting it. But even, even if – I don't even know where that award is. But like even yeah. if we did, it would, the coolest part would be like, oh, I got to work with my friend. Yeah. And we made something that was helpful to people. Yeah. That's cool. It was the first show. We went for the first show. Oh, that's cool. But, I, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. But that would still be it. Like yeah. It's that – Everything has to come back to people. Right. It has to. Yeah. Because we're making stuff for people. And <laughs> right. we're making stuff with people. And right. you're a person. Yeah. And everything else is just, uh, I don't know. But that's just me. And I think everybody, like, I agree. Everybody's going to have to figure it out for themselves. But either way, I think that Mark's question, it was a good question. I also think it's cool that he, he hit us up with a question. You know, like, I, I think that's. I think that's cool, too. That's really cool. Um and so thanks to Mark for doing that. Yeah, that was nice. I think it prompted a really good conversation. Even us just talking over the last couple of days is we start talking about this. Well, I got the show. We'll talk. It's like, well, no, no, let's not talk, talk about it yet. <laughs> yeah. Because but it's prompted some really good stuff. And um, and I think it's something everybody's going to have a hard time with. I think that's true. Right. And I don't think there's any escaping it. No. Whether it works out the way you want or whether it doesn't. Uh, it's something to wrestle with. And yeah. So if you can try to figure out now and just even get. It's something to hold on to. So when things go right, you don't go crazy. Right. When things go wrong, you don't lose hope. Yep. Right? Yep. Success. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So awesome. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching. You are a storyteller. If you have any questions or if there's a storytelling topic you want us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com. 